Hey everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of the We Are Indigenous podcast. Today I am a solo dolo. Um, it's gonna be by, just me by myself, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I always used to joke with Anthony that uh, you know I could never do a podcast by myself because that would mean I'm like a sociopath. But we'll see today if I have sociopathic tendencies to see how long we can get through this. Um, so I, I, as a lot of you guys know me, I, I work here at Fanshawe. I work at you know the our new name, the Institute of Indigenous Learning. Um, you know, I think we still have the name of the First Nation Center, but my role here, uh, if everyone is unaware, it's the Indigenous Recruitment and Community Relations Advisor. Um, I've been in this role for f- over five years now, be coming up six years in March, so it's vastly approaching. Um, in our last episode with Natalie, I kind of briefly talked about you know, being here this long and like the whole process of applying. Um, but I just remember, I think, so this podcast, we're just going to kind of go through like a chronological order of like my experience in the role. Um, and it was interesting for sure. Like the whole process of being hired, uh, working, coming to work for an institution, the whole process itself, I just I just remember feeling very overwhelmed and thinking a lot of self-doubt kind of creeps in. And I just really wonder if I was going to be able to make it through the recruitment, not even the recruitment, sorry, the, uh, the interview process. I just remember going into a room and there was like a bunch of people in there that were going to interview me. And I remember in the email they said like there will be three people in your interview, and I was like, okay, that's that's different, but that's cool, I guess. And I walked in, and there was like five people, and I was like, they lied to me, like they set me up. Um, so that was kind of a little bit overwhelming, but you know, I just stay true to like what I know, and I just answered as as best and as polished as I could, because you don't, you know, you don't want to be all like kind of your true self a little bit, I guess, in interviews. You try to be a portray a more professional way of yourself. So I wasn't gonna come in there and talk with my my typical lingo. Um and it, it went really well and I was really happy when I was done. I felt very confident in in how it turned out or how the interview went, sorry. Um and so then it, it took a while to actually hear back. Uh Originally, the interview was scheduled for one a certain time, and then a snowstorm happened, so they had to reschedule it. And they rescheduled it. It took, like, three weeks to be rescheduled. And I just remember being like, oh, my God, like, did they hire someone else? All this stuff. Um, but it wasn't. And then I got uh, I got the call, and they offered me the job, and I was really excited. And they asked, like, when can you start? And I was in between roles. I was only working part-time at my part-time job I kept all through university at uh, at Champ Sports but that was like that was near the end of where I wanted to be for it like I, I had really ran my course of being in retail it just it just wasn't doing anything for me anymore and obviously I I, I graduated university and I didn't want to be <laughs> stuck doing retail and the district manager hated me also, so that was, like, another big reason. I was like, I have to get out of this because the guy's – I can't stay in this guy. Like, if I stay here, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And 
I think too, like the manager I worked with, he used to be way, he was really cool. Uh, we were friends first actually. And then he got transferred to my store as the manager. And I was like, oh man, this is gonna be great. And it was like, after one time he went away to, uh, to their general meeting they have for all managers in like Chicago. And he came back and I was like, oh my God, he drank the Kool-Aid. And he like fully on did, and it just after that it wasn't it wasn't fun working there anymore. It was really much like, you know, we got to hit corporate numbers and all this stuff. I was like, man, like this is like this is not what was fun. Like this is you know, yeah, we're obviously have to do our job and sell things, but like it it seems so like just corporate, and we have to hit these numbers and all this. It's like uh, I think it's time for me to move on. And so then when I got the call for the franchise job. I said, when, when can you start? And I said, like, like, like next week. And they're like, uh, can you give us, like, a, maybe a couple, a little bit more to prep for you? I was like, okay, well, uh, I can start, like, tomorrow if you need to. And they're like, oh, no, that's fine. So I came in. I remember I got a job, you know, working at the college. Big thing. Uh, I went out and bought, like, a whole new wardrobe for it. A bunch of dress slacks and blazers and dress shirts. Um, which, as you can see now, that's, that attire I used to wear did not stick like I've after some time I've evolved and <laughs> being comfortable in this role where I'm like you know what like I don't really have to dress like that anymore I think another thing too was uh when I got hired at the time it was you know freshly out of university and working in an institution you want to kind of make a good impression and you you know I think it's that self-doubt stuff of like oh I really need to be and you really need to show them that I can be something um what they won't appear that they think. And what I mean by that is, like, I don't want them to think of, like, oh, well, there's Dan. There's a new native hire. Like, oh, well, look how they dress. They don't know how you even know how to dress to work in a place like this. Um, so, you know, I guess that's a little bit of the colonialism mindset that was uh, kind of pressures on me. Um, but also, I think at the time, too, is the fact that I was I was much younger. And I was always worried that... I wouldn't fit in with the other people and employees here at the college just because of my age or the fact that they I wouldn't be taken as serious. So, therefore, I thought if I dress more serious, they would have to take me more seriously. And I remember there was one time a, a student, uh, it was like, so I started March 10th. And so a week later was obviously March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day. And I remember this one student like just in the halls so was just like, he came up to me, he's like, yo, man, we're going to get so wasted today. And then his uh, friend by him was like, um, he's not a student. He works here. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, don't get me in trouble. I'm like, no, it's cool, man. Like, but it was really like, yeah, it was really like a fresh faced. I, I really blended in with our, our student population just because of my appearance. So that's why I really took that idea of I need to dress like this certain way. Um, but I really had no direction when it came to the role i i had to kind of make the role what it was for myself and um and that was difficult like that was a lot to to take on as a uh new kind of the first adult job i had it was pretty scary and pretty stressful and I think the first time I'm be publicly saying is it was not a walk in the park to do due to previous person in the role. Um, they made it very difficult to 
in in terms of how they conducted um their relationship with the community i think a lot of bridges were burnt or needed to be repaired so my first year on the job was really trying to do that it was really trying to have to because you would show up to places and then you'd say you're from fanshawe at the first nation center and they'd be like oh well you know last time we tried to do something this is what happened or this happened and it's just like oh man like so it was so stressful and it was like it made me really angry because it's like i've always worked in that mindset of when you're in these roles, you have to take it very serious. It's not no just a stepping stone, even though I think often people think recruitment roles are a stepping stone job. Um, you have to really take it seriously. The community always has eyes on you, especially when you're in an indigenous role. You are representing the communities in the backyard of the the college. And if you don't live up to what you say you're going to do, like, that that tarnishes relationships that really affects it and it took like a year of just you know showing up when i said i was going to show up showing up when i wasn't even expected to show up just to really show that commitment um but in the end like it 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 really wasn't it didn't really feel like it was hard work that i was doing even though i think it was it was just because it felt like it's what was needed to be done and that's why I, I really structured, that's how I'm going to approach it. And, um, I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for how it turned out. Like, I feel like the community really believes in what we're doing here and they really trust what we're doing here. And I, I think they really trust me as uh, a person that represents them well and who is committed to them. Um, yeah, so that first year was really rough go. Um, not didn't have the best uh direction and where i needed to go so it was like i was doing things that kind of like recruitment tours that would have been previously done um there's this tour called apsip um so i joined that to do d during the recruitment season and especially when you don't know anyone and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to join this thing. And so you email the person who runs it and you're going to join it. And like, oh, yeah, just come here, here, here. And then you go there and then no one really talks to you right away. And it's, it yeah, it just really felt like kind of like that again, like that feeling of first day of high school when you're just like, oh, great. Like, I got to figure this all out again. And it's cool. It, it definitely adds value to the the work that they do on this tour. There's definitely value there. Um, but for me, it just, it didn't align where my values were and what I seen that was needed to, to kind of create a change in, in the lives of indigenous learners in terms of recruitment. Um, I just, I just really don't think, I think for certain institutions, it works really well, especially if there's like a turnover rate or there's always new people in the role. But for me, when I took on the job, I was like, this is going to be definitely five-year commitment, minimally. Because you can't keep having roles just turn over and turn over, especially in, in Indian country. Because that's what we see so often. We just see people kind of like a revolving door coming in and out, in and out, in and out. And and that has a detrimental effect that really affects, um, I think, relationships.
um, the ability to commit to creating initiatives? How you how how is a community going to want to commit to a a college in their initiatives if they have a different person in a role every year? It just it just doesn't fly, you know. So I think by the absent tour was great in terms of it gave me connections into other communities outside of the London area, but also for what I I felt was needed for the recruitment, I just it just didn't do what I needed to do. And for me, that's what what I thought needed to be done was uh, creating that sense of community, creating that sense of commitment, and creating those relationships that in turn I think helps students choose our school over other schools they they want to feel like someone cares they want to feel wanted they want to feel that they're going to be supported and it's really really hard to feel that when you just see people one time a year like how are you expected to create a relationship with someone by just seeing, setting up a booth in their school for an hour and a half once a year? And I, I, I mean, maybe there, there is a way. Um, but for me, I, I, I couldn't see it. Uh, I felt, I felt really not trapped, but what's the word I would use? I felt like I was really confined in, in what I was able to do. You know, it's like one thing like, oh, here, here's a here's a pamphlet about our school. Come, come, come to our school. Um, and I always kind of work from that mantra, too, of like, you know, these these students, these kids, they, they don't owe us nothing. And then we go into these schools and we expect them to owe us everything. And uh, it's that's really backwards. It's it's really not a holistic way of doing things like I think. You have to show commitment. You have to show care. You have to show that you're wanting to be there. And uh, so then, you know, I was kind of developing that. I still and I did that for two years. And then after that second year, I was like, oh, I think I need to do something different. Like, it's just not it's not working for me. It's not. Oh, it's just not meshing well with like where I, I think it needs to go. And then there was a turnover in leadership, and then there was a new new hire in terms of our managers, now director. And it was, uh, and that was another thing too. So when that when uh, our the my the person that hired me, and I will give credit to him so much, right? I I I, I will always have uh, great things to say in terms of like he uh, Kevin Lemire. He he gave me my opportunity to be here he's he's the one that he chose i was the one he chose out of out of all these applicants that he had um all these people with master's degree and i was just a a kid fresh out of my undergrad he he chose me because i think he's seen something in me that was going to work and it's something that he thought was needed and so you know that dude, like he, uh, I owe a lot to him by him giving me this opportunity. Um, but I really made the best of that opportunity too, as in the same in the same breath. Um, you know, I could have got hired and just did a, a terrible job and been like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like uh, I'm gonna go um, go elsewhere. But like to me, I really took 
honor and being selected for the role, but also the honor of like knowing that I'm going to represent um, Indigenous and First Nation people um, in this role. So, uh, you know, he had left the college, and then uh, the new hire happened. But I remember when the new hire happened, there was some, there was actually quite a bit of turnover at the at the center. And as a person that's connected to community, you know, there it's that that makes red flags happen. And they're asking questions like, why why are people leaving? Why is there a new hire? Why is there keep being turnover? And it really makes it seem like the department is on shaky grounds. It's it's unorganized um, by always having new hires. Um, and it makes people feel like they can't trust it because how are you going to invest and trust, uh, an organization or a department that's saying they're committed to you when they can't even keep people on board. And so I remember I got, uh, I thought, well, this is a pretty dumb idea, but I'm going to try to apply for this job. And I told the executive director that I'm going to throw my hat in. And I said, I know you're not owe me nothing, but like, I just, I just need to do this because I think it wasn't out. And it really wasn't out of place out of ego. I, I it wasn't going to be like, Oh, I'm going to be the youngest manager director of a first nation center. Um, and Canada, it was really, just like, I think the community needs to see some stability here. Like, they need to say see the stability. They can't have people turning over, um, and they want people to stay committed to the school and stay committed to the people. And so I applied. Uh, I wasn't successful. I I really was like I I definitely was just so over matched for the interview process. Um, but I, I I didn't do it to be. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna get all this power. I just, I just really did it because I, I care about the center and the direction it goes. And I knew, you know, the community needed it to be more stable, and hopefully, it was gonna be able to create waves and new initiatives and all that stuff. Um, but long story short, uh, guy, guy Williams was hired. And we were like, I remember when it was, it came, they did the process a little bit different. So they had us meet, um, the last two candidates cause it was their, their second rounds of interviews. And I just remember being like, well, this is awkward because now I'm going to meet all these people that like, obviously were deemed better than me. Um, and then I met guy. They, yeah, they did this thing where we were able to meet them and, interview them ourselves i guess almost or just ask them questions and uh guy came in and he was wearing this like th- these cardigans that he always wears and i was like who's this mr rogers looking guy uh who's this mr rogers looking like <laughs> uh he uh really like laid back and calm almost like i think it was too calm for people and that's that's his this true personality and demeanor it's just like very level-headed and I remember asking him questions and all the staff are asking questions and when we were done I was just like yeah that's the that's the dude I want to be my manager and this was the first one I met 
And then the second one, you know, she was she was great. Uh, but I also just felt the other one, the the other candidate, they were, I think, relatively close in age to myself. They might have been a few years older. And I just thought that might not be the best thing uh, for me professionally is, you know, maybe they would be able to work through it, but uh, I think they were all made aware that I applied and all that. And I think, I think with Guy, he's older, more of like a uh, mature, he's had a lot of experience. I think he would get it. Like, I don't think he would see me as a, is competition. And I think the, I think the one similar close in age would view me as a person that would always be resentful of them. And maybe I would have been. Who knows? I don't, you know, it's hard to say. Um, I try to think of, you know, I think of thinking what's, what's the best, what is the best uh, direction that can be for the center. Um, so I, I think I would try to put, harbor my feelings away, but I don't think... I don't think I would be resentful, but it's hard to say. Maybe I would be. Maybe I would have been petty. And uh, But when that does happen, like I think I, I would hope someone would check me or I hope I would realize that my pettiness was there and I I would realize that, you know, I wasn't chosen for a reason and this is this is the way it's meant to be. And you got to you gotta kind of move past and you got to kind of keep going forward and what your role is if you're going to like be resentful and harbor those feelings like it's it's not going to be good for your work environment it's not going to be good for yourself professionally and the what you should be doing and so when guy after after guy i just that meeting with him i was just like i think i could really learn a lot under this this person as a leader i think they would really take on that mentoring role and all those thoughts and wishes I had with uh, with Guy, our our director, it, it was it really played out how I thought it would have been. He's uh, he's been the just a great a great thing for the center and uh, Fanshawe in terms of his leadership in the direction of where he he's trying to push Indigenous initiatives and uh, as a personal professional level, like he has just helped me so much grow and expand where I needed to go and he believed in me and he lets me create my own initiatives and he trusts me and he mentors me and he takes me on when I need direction and that's that's what you can ask for in in uh in leadership that's what you want like you want them to be a a true leader in all sense of the word you don't want them just to be your boss to just demand and stuff like it's it's definitely not like that so that being said, after that, you know, I think he kind of seen how we did things, and he kind of asked me, like, what do you think of this absent thing? And I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, uh, <laughs> I said, it's, it's it's taking my soul. And he, he kind of laughed at that. I said, no, I said, it's really good for what it can be for certain places. I said, but for us, like, I think we're very fortunate in our backyard. We have all these all these communities and we should be committed to them and figuring out a way of keeping all our community people in our backyard. Like, 
our backyard is we have the luxury of having these like why are, how we shouldn't feel right with them going everywhere else they should be coming to us because a you know closeness um b it's i think we uh we have a team that really can support them and why can't we be the not just the institute in and the four regions surrounding london but why can't we be the institute for indigenous learners like why can't we be the the like i meant the as the the top one the one that's most desired to go to because of the initiatives that they they do the opportunities they give students and he's like all right well how do you want to do this i said well i think i need to step away from the the absent tour model and i need to kind of create my own one he's like okay well go ahead go figure it out go create something so that's what i was able to do and it's uh and it's been three three seasons of running it how we've done and i couldn't be more happy with it i think it's uh it's just been great it's uh maybe it's four now maybe four seasons but it's 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 awesome i i think uh really the multi-step multi-visit approach and then bringing them in all the students into campus for a event in in the fall time the recruitment season i think it's just really worked wonders um and we've seen it where our numbers are going up and they're, they're continuing to grow. We're getting more more successful students each time, each year. Um, and it kind of goes into all of our initiatives that we're running. And, yeah, it's just really good stuff. Um, and then recently I've taken on the uh, last year I, uh, I started my MSW because I want to grow. Um as a as an employee as a person as a professional and i i i yeah i want to do i want to stay in this role forever no i definitely know i i would say there's a shelf life in how long i can be in a role and i think i think i'm coming to the the end soon for that um you know, this is this is really a young person's game to be in this role. Like, you need that young person that has that fire in them, that just is so unapologetically stubborn, as a word I've coined recently, um, and that they're committed to community because you have to be committed, and it's not you can't do it fifty percent. You have to go all in and more so. Um. And for me, I, I've done that for over five years, um, and but I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm feeling it lately. Like I'm, I'm feeling old. Just had my thirtieth birthday, and uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, relatively young. But just this season was just very wearing with the travel. I also think it's part of the MSW. I'm trying to balance coursework, and then this recent fall. Starting September of this year, September 19. I had a year of just coursework. And then September 19, uh, I started placement. And that has been an experience in itself. A real positive experience. Great, great learning opportunities. But I think it's just it's just weight wearing on me. It's like it's... I find it harder to get up every morning and go to work. And it's not because I'm it's, I'm not committed. It's just 
yeah, like balancing work, school, and placement is really tough. Like, I really think sometimes, like, how how did I think undergrad was hard? Like, this is, like, really hard. Like, undergrad seems like a walk in the park. Uh, but, you know, like that's the way life goes. It's all, everything's relevant to the now. When you look back on things, you see they weren't that that bad. Um, so, that being said, that's why I kind of started at MSW, is that I kind of, I need to, I need to, I need to branch out. I need to figure out a new, a new way for me to be, to kind of help. Um, I think I'm always, I'm always, I'm definitely, I don't think I will always be committed to indigenous education and indigenous initiatives. And, uh, but I think I want to get to the point where I think I'm getting close. Is like, I want to be. I will also say this, guys does a great job of letting you be a decision maker, but, like, I need to be in a role where I think I, I am kind of moving in, like, a leadership role where I have a team with me, under me, or working with a more kind of a administrating level team. Um, plus, too, it's just, you know, I need to be a little bit selfish, too. I need to... Uh, I want to start having a family. I want to start settling down. And I really don't want to be... I always kind of had this timeline in my head of like, you know, I need to get my master's, get married, have a kid. Well, it's like I'm, I'm going to be done my master's in 2021, April 2021. And uh, I have a, an amazing partner. Uh, she's truly a good woman. Uh, you know, everything I could have wished for. You know, they always got those check boxes and you... Sometimes you think like, oh, maybe I'm just being overly presumptuous and that I need a person to check out these boxes. And and she does. Melissa checks off those all those boxes for me. And she's a good woman. She treats me good. She treats my parents good. Um, and that's what I need. And she supports me through all my coursework and all my stuff. She's there when I have those down days. And she's uh she's my she's my day one. Um so that being said, that's like another thing that's kind of playing to the mind of like, yeah, I don't want to be on the road as much. Um, when I start having a family and kids, like I want to be home. I want to be a dad. I want to do all those great stuff. Uh, I want to be because, you know, recruitment, like you got to be on the road a lot. It's a lot to be on the road. Don't get good rest because, you know, you're you're staying in different hotels it's not your bed. It wears on you. It you know you eating out all the time. It ain't too of a bad thing, but you know for your health wise, it's probably not the best thing. Um, but like I said, like it's I'm always gonna have this fire in me, but like I need to be a little bit selfish too, and I need to think of like a family and things like that. And I also think there's some young First Nation person out there that deserves to be in this role too. And that's what I tell students all the time. I say, you know what? I'm always looking for my replacement. They always think I'm joking. They're like, no, really? And I was like, yeah. They're like, your, your job's so awesome. I'm like, yeah, I know. And you should be in an awesome job too. And I think creating more space like that is what indigenous people need to do. They need to create space. They need they can't keep sucking up space. I think sometimes I get frustrated when I see people just you know, well, I got my job here and like, that's good. And I need to hang on to that job. I was like, no, nah, man, like you need to create space. Like you need to think of 
you need to be very forward thinking. You need to think like, okay, give yourself a time frame of how long you want to be in that role. But then you need to figure out moving past it. And like, I don't think also moving away from the institution doesn't help either. We need more native and indigenous people um, working in, in at Fanshawe. And we need them in roles that are just aren't at the First Nation Center or at the Institute of Indigenous Learning. We need them everywhere. Um, because that's how we're going to create change in the system. Uh, we need that perspective everywhere. And I want that to happen. And I want a young person in this role that it's got that fire in them and just like the unapologetic stubbornness to want to just be committed to students in the community. And I think there's a lot of them I see. I see in my role all the time. I would love for a student that we recruited to take on this role one day. Uh, that's definitely a, a dream of mine. And yeah. But they got they got they don't got big shoes to fill, not because of me, but they got big shoes to fill in terms of commitment to that community. And you need to have that commitment. Um, and I don't know what this what this whole podcast was supposed to be. I think it was just me and me and Anthony here just wanted to test out the equipment, see how it goes and test do some more test runs. But I think this is kind of like a good it's almost like my own personal counseling session just to me get stuff off my mind. And, uh, yeah, I think we're growing here at the college. Um, and I think we're moving into a positive, positive directions. And I'm really excited of where we are as a department from when I started over five years ago. You know, we have, we have about eight employees now, eight or nine employees. Um, when I started, we just had three, like it's, it's grown so much. And it's going to continue to grow. And I'm really just happy of where it is. And I'm very proud to have been in a role, this role this long. And uh, I'm just excited for the next five years of what we're going to be. I can't wait to see what the Institute of Indigenous Learning is going to be in in year 10 of my time here at Fanshawe. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, so I think that's enough today. I think that's enough sociopathic tendency. I talked for a good, almost an hour. Um, so that's our episode for this, uh, for this week or not this week or whenever it drops. Um, but remember again to follow us on our YouTube page, our Instagram page to see all the drops. Um, but obviously if you're seeing this, uh, now you, you do follow us. Um, but tell your friends, tell your family, just show them. We want to get those subscribers up. Um, and it just helps. Like I, this content, this is just content for. We just need more indigenous content out there. And I think even if it's just me bantering, I think that's still indigenous content. Um, so thank you guys again. I got my Nipsey Hustle Bear shirt. Um, shout out to my boy Chris over at Dirt Label, uh, Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, I'm gonna keep plugging him because I want to get free stuff. All right, thank you guys. Now we go.